0: Welcome to Sky Sports Playmakers. Who we're going to talk to today? We're going to talk to one of our very own. He's usually in the commentary box, whether he's sideline, joins me on the breakdown every single week. It's Junior Malili Muliaina. Well, that's what it says on Wikipedia, but you've just informed me that's not even true. Run me through it. What is it?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Thanks, thanks, Coldy. Um I trust Wikipedia, mate, because that's not actually the facts. Was, my name's actually legally Junior. Junior Muleaina, and that's the name that's on my passport um, and then obviously all Pacific Islanders relate to this or Samoans in particular the fact that you named one thing but then by the time you get back to the village they start naming you after an uncle for what knows whatever reason that is so I was named after Malili uh, and it was my mother's uncle um, in the village uh, and from there on obviously we moved to, to New Zealand uh, 1983. And my parents just enrolled me in school as Malili. So Malili was really what stuck. Um, and while I'm here, I might as well go on how how Mills eventuated because, yeah. um, you know, through through school and moving down to Invercargill, um, the tropics, obviously from Samoa to one tropics to, to another, um, I was sort of called Malili and they didn't really pronounce couldn't really pronounce my name properly. So it became Malili, uh, Millie, um that i was known um for a very long time and then I turned into mills as in milliliters um fast forward a few years and i'd come up to auckland and uh and play uh, obviously was on um, a bit of provincial stuff npc um and they asked whether you know um they couldn't whether malili was my real name and what mills was um, and obviously they couldn't really quite pronounce it then and um i said i oh, look just call me mills um, and every single time I went on a sevens tour, it was the same thing. Um, they called me Mills, my accreditation, every time I turned yeah. up I was under Junior, so they couldn't sort of, they didn't really know, but uh, Mills is just stuck. So now I'm in the predicament of uh, trying to change my name. I haven't sort of got around to it. It becomes uh, Mills Mulya, as opposed to Junior or Malili or whatever it is. So it just sort of <laughs> shortened it up. I've got many aliases, mate.
0: Ah, aliases all right, right, but uh, we can always find you what about being found though? For a start, in Invercargill of all places, you went to my high school—the high school I went to, Cargill High School—doesn't exist now. But for you, when you think about the rugby journey, how first and foremost, why did the family move to Invercargill of all places? Yeah. So my father
1: was a policeman in in Samoa. We were put in a, um, into a ballot. I think it still goes on at the moment with a, where they you we can an you know, opportunity to come over and. Um, Sort of gain, um, I suppose, uh, a working visa. Um, my mother's family were predominantly in, in forestry down in, um, in Southern and also um, the freezing works, uh, that was very uh, obviously a lot of jobs down there, and obviously the oysters as well. Um, so we moved uh, down to Invercargill because um, obviously we couldn't sort of translate sort of dad's, um, you know, being an officer over there to, to here. He later became a, a prison officer. Uh, my mum, and a nurse, and um, that's really how we it came about. It was really around jobs, obviously coming to New Zealand for a better life uh, for us kids, um, and you know, job opportunity really was, um, you know, was was the the prime factor to, to moving into uh, to Invercargill of all places.
0: So you run through that. Let's 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 talk about that to a point though. You you you're at Cargill High School, and then. Let's say recruited. Well, it was recruited right to and Boys High School, and then you end up coming north, and this has been very much in the conversation in rugby in New Zealand, Kalston Boys for your final year of high school. But I mean, was that was that a rugby journey? Those those changes? Uh, r- rugby in
1: life. I think um, a lot's been talked about that. You're right. I went to Cargill High School, obviously closed down, um, so I went to Southland Boys for for a year, um, and yeah for for whatever reason I, I suppose when you're when you're at that sort of age i sort of became a little bit uh i suppose too big for my shoes um you know my, my parents had obviously separated as well and i sort of got myself into a little bit of trouble um my brother went up to auckland the year before 97 um and went to calston just to experience something different um i as i said um it wasn't really a scholarship that everyone thinks that i went up there for i um I, you know i got myself into a little bit of trouble was in the party scene and uh, first 15, as, as I mentioned, you know, just went off the rails a little bit. Um, it wasn't until my brother came back and said, Oh, maybe I should go and experience, you know, Auckland, get out of the cargo a wee bit. You know, I wasn't really expecting to do so. I said yes. Um, on the back end, of, I made a New Zealand touch team uh, that year in '97. So we came up to Auckland um, and I was planning on going back to McArgill. It was It was around about January, going back to the and basically pleading to my mother that I wasn't, didn't want to go, go to Auckland. Because uh, obviously I, I wasn't prepared to sort take that big leap, um, but as it had it after the tournament, uh, our family friend who I was going to live with, uh, yeah. he said that uh, I wasn't returning back to Invercargill, and in fact that I was going to enrol into into school sort of um, you know a few few weeks later. So it wasn't a rugby scholarship, um, but I think in terms of when I look back at, at life, and particularly when I was uh, you know sixteen, seventeen year old, and, and some of the things that I um, you know was you know possibly going into, um, that was a big changer in my in my life, a, a big changer in terms of, wow, well, I was now coming up to Auckland where these guys that looked like men uh, were playing. Um, there was no more rucking. You couldn't ruck, didn't really ruck up here like they did in, in Invercargill, but it was a life changer. And, and, and I suppose um, one that I, I, I look back and I'm very thankful that I had, uh, obviously, my brother, our family friend, Matty Solomon, and also um, you know my mother to guide me there because certainly I was – I wasn't going down a very, um, a very
0: memorable track, you know, the way I was going down in cable Did you settle quickly in Auckland? And is that something that's maybe a little bit forgotten when we talk about this debate that goes on about kids changing skills? But for you, it obviously had a huge and positive effect. I mean, do you look at it and go, it did take you some time, though, to get used to living in Auckland?
1: Oh, it was, it was massive, um, Goldie, because One, I didn't have my school fees paid for. It wasn't a scholarship. Um, I had to enrol in in, in terms of a a student allowance. Um, You know, I was paying. I was paying rent um, to the family I lived with. You know, difference between that and also making new friends. Um, I I was fairly fortunate. My brother had done that the year before. Um, So it it did take me uh, a little while to get used to. Um, Obviously, when the rugby season rolled around and um, there was no guarantees that I was going to make the first 15. I was sort of, I sort of came up here. I didn't really have much of a reputation, um, apart from the fact, you know, that I made some Southern teams and South Island teams and New Zealand trials, that was possibly all, all I had done. So it was, it was massive. It was a massive in terms of my development. Um, but I, I think more so as a person, um, as a, as a youngster and, and, and growing up and sort of making, making really good decisions, but also it, it sort of, um, you know, put me on track in terms of what was coming in life, in terms of professional professional rugby and professional football. Um, um certainly some of the things that I had to try and, and learn and, and grow up fairly fast. Um I had some great friends, uh great friends here. And I I'd later go on the year after. So I initially just came up here for the one year. Um and I did that, loved it. But, um, you know, Southland came calling at the end of the year. Uh, and I, I figured that was going to be my chance to go back to, to Invercargo. I got a MPC contract uh, smacked in front of me. Um, now, we didn't have much. Um, and my mother was, was looking after was, was our, uh, you know, our sole parent at the time. Um, and, you know, to disclose the figure, it was $10,000. Now, a 17 year old, it was massive money for me. It was huge. I thought, man, this is a life changer. I could go back home. Uh, Feeling naive i can you know buy a house and we basically won lotto ten thousand. um signing up I'm going to play npc for south the following year year out of school um in auckland offered me a, a, an academy contract which is some gear and uh two thousand dollars so i mean it was a no-brainer i was i was heading back um but i, I made a decision i sat down with maddie we made a decision about the pros and cons about about doing that uh, as much as i um sort of thought at the time that I was going to regret it um it was, it was big I was going to make the you know an NPC team is going to play against men now I was ready to go um we made the decision to, to stay in Auckland uh and you know I've, I've never looked back and again if I hadn't had those those times where I came up to Auckland if I'd made that decision in the back end and been down in the cargo, and not being ready to sort of you know step up and um and and you know, I suppose, uh, live life faster, and faster than what I expected, then I don't think I would have made that decision. I think I would have gone on, been in Invercargill, settled in, um, and and, uh, and possibly, you know, lived a life down there on, on $10,000. And who knows what I, what, what what I would
0: have got, got into, you know, <laughs> given what I'd been up to in my school years. Uh, well, I find that hard to believe in Invercargill, to be fair. I don't know how much trouble you <laughs> can genuinely get into. Oh, obviously, you found some. I'm not sure where. But... If you start then thinking about that journey with age group rugby, um, playing in, in New Zealand 19s, Colts, those sort of teams, at the same time you're in the Auckland rugby environment, I mean, that was very different time for Auckland rugby there because they were high-flying, right? I mean, they were competing for titles every year. That was a, a unique um, place to be playing. What, what was that environment like to develop your game? Oh, man, it was it was amazing because it's sort of these are
1: your you know childhood bloody heroes you know you're you're sitting down there and in, in the car when you're seeing these guys on tv let alone being able to sort of rub shoulders with them or even walk into a changing room where you initially walk in and they, and they haven't got a clue about who you even are uh, and here you are sitting there you probably know you know you know everything about them you know you're Ali vendieri's you're ronnie clarks your michael jones of the world and um you know you're rubbing shoulders with these guys who have won titles year in year out you've got a manager and, um, you know, Sean Fitzpatrick, who's an absolute legend, JK as well. Um, so, um, but it was on the back end also of sort of transitioning into that sort of professional era. So you still had that sort of element of um, of the amateur days and, uh, and the history that, that came with it. But certainly as a youngster going into an environment like that where, um, you know, standards was, was fairly high, um, but also <laughs> mixing it up. <laughs> with um, this stuff off the field as well I was really fortunate enough as well to be able to experience that I probably experienced it a little bit too much um, but certainly you know to rub shoulders with those childhood heroes was something um, you know a guy from would, you know, could, let alone, could, couldn't even you know imagine it or let alone dream that he, he was actually doing so I loved it.
0: So at what point then when you're starting on that that path that you're talking about and you're in those environments and you guys are playing and winning titles and did you start thinking to yourself, you know what? Um, or did someone say to you, you're good enough to be an All Black? Uh, did you believe it? Uh, did you think you would get there? And as All Black number 1033, that's the start of playing 100 test matches for New Zealand. That's an astonishing number. But was there a moment when you are in those environments, you go, maybe the goals changed? Yeah. And, and like, I hate to
1: harp on about sort of you know, coming into roadblocks and, you know, being on this sort of um on this path. that uh, rugby isn't about that. You know, it's not always plain plain sailing and it probably took a few, you know, instances off the field for me to realise that. Um uh, and to grow up fast. Again, you know, obviously um realizing, you know, what I was in, I kinda just went along with the flow. I was I got to a stage where, you know, I was happy enough. I made made teams although you know we went through a sort of uh, tough era in terms of auckland rugby and also the blues um i was, I was kind of just prepared to I was, I was there so the next step of becoming an, an all black um i don't think i actually realized that until a few um things off the field uh, and really that was when i sort of sat back and i was kind of like far out you know where where am i actually going going with this let's just uh reset some goals um you know I'd come back from uh, winning a commonwealth games gold medal um you know the age of 21 and then and then at that stage i was, i thought to myself okay well i I need to really re-establish where i am and and set some goals and um and and go about my work there. i didn't it wasn't it's it's a hard one and i know guys always say you know it's their their dream yeah it is their dream to be an all black and and i i get that and you know i've always wanted to be an all black you know in terms of you know was probably about six or seven but when you're in it you don't actually realize uh, the next part you need to take to become there, and the realization that it can, um, and, and it was, then until you, you sort of sacrifice a few more things, um, you know, you got yourself there, but you really needed to sacrifice even a bit more to to be able to be in that environment. And once you're in that, that environment, it, 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 it often it's harder to get out. Um, but the work to try and get in there was was huge, and, and certainly some, um, you know, off the field things that I'd done had probably um, prompted me to, to really. Uh, re-establish or re-evaluate where one where my life was going um, but also you know what I wanted to do in the drive that was was going to be needed to be able to, to make those goals
0: you've glossed over that you've glossed over winning a gold medal at the Commonwealth Games for sevens I mean that I mean you think about having what you've saying done everything you've done but not maybe having everything you need organized off the field to then take that next step in the 15s game I mean what did a Gordon Titchens as you know, as a coach, when you're in a sevens environment, surely um, the pressure and the disciplines needed to perform in his regime, I suppose, gave you an idea of what it would take. Oh, huge. Um, and funnily enough, I, I
1: came out of school and I was 18. I actually played for Mang Samoa. Um, and those were the times when the rules had changed, uh, well, hadn't quite changed over yet. So I played a couple of tournaments for them, went to Argentina and um and also Uruguay uh and then I didn't end up getting selected uh on the way back but I'd played against the likes of Russia and all that and so coming out of school and being named in the Mungi Samoa team to play those tournaments was was huge um later on a few months later when I hadn't got selected I went to a tournament in Taupuri um and that's when Titch approached me um you know and said you know would you like to come to camp um and have a crack at the new zealand sevens team and i was man i was i was actually quite shocked um and then so i went along um did the tournament and i made the team um and, and thankfully enough because of the rule the eligibility rules you know and enabled me to not only that but later on also allow me to be, become an all black because i wouldn't have you know just because i, I yeah. just missed that mark i think i was 18 and the the, the, the sign off mark was 19 but i learned some massive things Like, um, you know, know, I wasn't, I always loved to train. I think that was one of my hardest things that I always prided myself on, but this was a a different level. Um, You know, you'd learn nutrition, um, you know, what not to eat and what you you could and couldn't eat, Um, but also team environment, you know, the small environment that you're in and and how great that sort of was. Um, We won a world cup, obviously we, um, you know, won a few, um you know irb titles but also the commonwealth games was was something really really special but um that was tough those were tough days because man you worked your butt off um you know you had lost 10 kgs in a, in a week and all you really wanted was the next step everyone kept wanting you know although you loved the, the tournaments i think it was like two thousand dollars a tournament you know so um you know fairly good it was all right money but it, man you you worked your your butt off um so everyone wanted a you wanted to sort of uh, the next step was super rugby uh, and that was a big jump so you're looking around about 15 to 20 grand and the big step up to you know 60 odd grand although money wasn't the driver um you know in terms of we wanted to go in goals you know that certainly was was the next step but i, I think it laid a foundation for me and um sevens did in terms of the discipline that you you, you really needed to um to have to, to suppose succeed in the next level and, and some of those you know things that i picked up I to to today like uh, in terms of your training although even though I should really give it up but um, some of those disciplines and food and things as well as sort of you know leading me into life after rugby which has been fantastic
0: we know what to do right I mean that's the thing is we know what to do with ourselves (laughs) challenge nowadays is actually having the disciplines to do it and every so often maybe a lockdown helps in some ways the training but unfortunately the consumption as well can be a little bit tough all right Okay, so let's let's think about this, though. You go from uh, winning gold medals and being part of a champion New Zealand sevens team. Then all of a sudden, you get to play a test match for the All Blacks on the back of winning a super rugby title for the Blues. I mean, are you thinking yeah. at this point, you know what? And and you've just talked about you you are getting remunerated and you're a full-time professional. Are you thinking at this point, can it get any better? Well, I came into the squad, um, man, it,
1: it was awesome. It was, um, you know, it's everything you you could imagine. You know, coming in there. But the next thing was really, you know, when you're coming as a youngster back then, you're, you're waiting your opportunity. You're waiting your, your turn because your guy's in front of you now. I had um, Leon McDonald was the incumbent. He was uh, the fullback, and then and so um, he he had been a little bit he had been injured, I think, from the final. Um, so the first game really was Dougie got a, um, got to play at fullback. So I knew I was still a few, um, a few players behind in terms of, um, you know, where they were at. Um, you know, and obviously when Leon returned, you know that that would be his. So when my opportunity came, I knew I had to be, um, you know, ready to go. It was always sort of that, like a, when they always say, when you when you get a chance, you have got to make the most of it. And I knew that. I knew that leading into that, that was going to be my next goal when I made the All Blacks. I was in the environment. I knew I had, you know, Leon was in front of me because a lot of people were mistaken the fact that I, I was one that took Cully's place when, you know, no. he, I wasn't actually. It was, and um, Leon was the incumbent, and um, so I was on the bench. But I knew in the back of my mind that if I got, if I ever got a chance to get on there, we're playing, um, we played the English, um, and and in the Welsh. Um, and I just took I just took it you know so we, we played really well I knew I had to do my job right I didn't want to go out and do anything extra and special I just knew I just when you're in an environment and in a team that guys you know all they need to do is do their job that's all I needed to do um and as soon as it sort of came up you know I was lucky and in, in terms of hey I, I had the drive I knew I had an opportunity Leon was still injured and I didn't want to give it back to him. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't want to give him the chance to be able to come into an environment and, and to come in and get an opportunity because if he got it, he'd obviously be vying for the same thing. Now t- times have changed a little bit now when, with the rotation, but when I first started, I knew I wanted. To, I wanted that, and um, my my driver now my motivation was I didn't want to let that that jersey go, and and so every yeah. time I went out there, I had to be at my best, and um, without even knowing it. You know, I was now, I was now actually driving myself uh, from within without even realizing that I, you know, I wasn't really. I was really setting goals within myself, and and I suppose um, it just it just eventuated from that, and it kicked on from that, and then, you know, later on, I suppose, um, you know, when there was a little bit of competition, I always put myself in 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 Leon's or in my, in my shoes when I was there, when I was biting at the heels. Um, you know, the motivation these young guys would have. And that was was part of my driving. But it took steps to be able to get to that. Certainly at the start, as soon as I got it, I didn't want to let it go. And, um, you know, that's kind of what really what happened.
0: And that was definitely a mindset when, even when I came into the All Blacks, very similar, the the fact that you didn't want to give someone the opportunity. Reserves never got got to get on the field when I played. Never got a chance. I sat on the bench for a few games earlier on in my career for the All Blacks and I never took my tracksuit jacket off. You know, I got to watch guys, and like you say, when you get that opportunity, you've got to take it. If you look at that career, though, in the All Black jersey, there are a number of disappointments. And the World Cup, and I was part of the disappointments in 95 and 99, all of a sudden the driver becomes about winning a Rugby World Cup. When you look at that team in 2003, was it good enough? Should it have done that a little bit better like we should have done in 99? Should the 2003 team done better?
1: Absolutely, um, we should have done better. I, I think, man, we, we won the Bliterslow Cup back. Uh, we had a good young team. Um, we got complacent. Uh, you know, I think that's you know kind of what happened. I definitely was what happened. We had a little bit of a scare against the Welsh, um, and 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 that should have really kicked us up the backside and thinking, man, you know we we can't afford to be able to go into these next games but we kind of just went along with it we kind of just went along with the flow it's you know we, we didn't accept hey this is a really good chance now to reevaluate where we were because we were successful we'd be we'd you know we'd killed teams in terms of you know the tri-nations you know south africa you know the, the wallabies um you know so we we sort of had that arrogance that you know we could we could possibly turn up and and, and still win and, and in big big time moments um you know when you've got when you're playing for what those with that one-off game the young side uh naive um you know little moments are massive and when you've got experienced players that you're playing against the gregans you know the mortlocks of the world they thrive on those moments and so nothing else when they say it doesn't really matter you know whatever form that you lead into that World cup it doesn't doesn't mean jack because those big moments are, the, are what you need to win when you're winning when you want to win a rugby world cup. So we should have done better. I, I honestly believed, you know, you know, we we had the team to be able to go all the way, but we didn't because of the, because of that fact. We we're naive. Um, we were, we were com- complacent in terms of possibly leading into that game. We thought we could um, play an expensive game. Um, we could play an expensive game. We just didn't. We just didn't know how to, how to mix it up um but in, in terms of the aftermath afterwards i think because it was that was my first year and i was you know only 20 22 23 years old it didn't it didn't hurt as much as what i um it probably yeah. should have because i was so young and naive and um you know although you know and it was possibly because i knew you know four years down the track i could still be around to actually really give it another crack um and I said, don't get me wrong, it did hurt, but you know, not like it did in two thousand and seven, um, because leading into that was was so was so massive. But the two thousand and three team, that was a special team, um, and a lot of those guys, you know, went on to win, you know, two world cups. Um, you know that that's how good this team was. But if I look back at, at that game against Aussie, we're definitely complacent, um, and it just goes to show, you know, what they say, you know that. Form doesn't matter when it comes to rugby world cups because, you know, what you do in every single game counts.
0: Yeah, and there's a familiarity what you're talking about given the fact I felt the same in 95 because I was young and we had young players and you're thinking, okay, I'll wait till the next one, you know, it's just around the corner. So you don't realise the disappointment at the time. Particularly, you know, we felt as though we were the best team in South Africa. Um, 99, we did let ourselves down and maybe that's where we felt maybe that's when we were that complacent side because we knew we were good enough, we were maybe expecting to go on and go a little bit deeper. Before we talk 2007 though, you make a shift, you go down State Highway 1 and you go and move from the Blues to the Chiefs and that's a a different environment, that's maybe the enemy in some ways. Um, (laughs) It is the enemy and you still haven't decided which jersey you'd like to wear. (laughs) But in, in 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 reality, though, what did that do for your game, and how different was that environment?
1: Oh, way different, way different. To, um, because and don't and you know, don't get me wrong. Like it was a it was a different environment because they were, they were seen as the underdogs. They were constantly seen as the underdogs down in Chiefs Country and Waikato because of the way Auckland had dominated them over the years. They had a chip on their shoulder talented players um but also relaxed environment so the environment was a little bit different in terms of um you know we had a great environment up north but the i suppose logistically you know guys are living in out south guys are living over the shore yeah sort of you know out west so you don't really tend to sort of you know come together down there you're just around the corner so in terms of the camaraderie uh, and the team culture, it was awesome. We just weren't performing on on the field. I went down there, and what it did, it, it really emphasised my leadership. I, I was never one, um, you know, I wasn't really born like you know they say you're born a leader. I wasn't one of those sort of guys. Um, you know, I was prepared just just to do my job um, and you know have someone else see. But it wasn't until you sort of learned, picked up little wee things and. And the All Blacks, that you know, I actually became a better leader going down to uh, downstate highway one and, um, and being in, in that environment and actually trying to change the mindset down there to become, um, you know, a champion team. And, and I absolutely loved it. Um, and so, and that's why I'm constantly sitting on the fence these days because I <laughs> love my, my days with, with Auckland, but I also, you know, thoroughly enjoyed, uh, my time down in, um, in, in Hamilton as well because it, uh, it, it just, it just changed you know you know I was sort of probably an established all black in some ways there you know I've been this you know for the last three or so years uh and I needed another kicker as well I needed another something to to motivate me and I know there'll be people saying oh you know you should be motivated every day um you you are but you know every now and then you you need that extra little wee bit to go hey man this is this is what's going to get me get me through I need an extra challenge and my challenge really was to step up my my leadership roles and and coming down to Hamilton and, and, and sharing some of that with some of the youngsters, and that's and that's certainly what's sort of um, evolved as I as I did my time down
0: here. you show me anyone in a in a job or or in a, uh, who's got responsibilities every single day who brings it like that. You know, there was always going to be challenges. You you talk about it, say, oh, you you know you you're always grateful and and you're thankful for the opportunities you're getting and the lifestyle you get to live, but at the same time, it's taxing, it's challenging, it's mentally and physically demanding. And you can't always be up. And, I, I you know, I, I went through lulls myself in terms of that, you know, how committed you need to be and, you know, um, how much of time to time mentally it is uh, difficult. And, you know, we're seeing more and more now where why the leadership groups have had to grow. And uh, you've needed more people to take responsibilities. Um, had it grown enough, though, by 2007 in the All Blacks, given, <laughs> look, the disappointments of that tournament and the nature of which... The All Blacks, with so many great All Blacks like yourself, when when that slips by in a quarterfinal where and I saw, I experienced in the semi final where you are expected to win. I mean, was that a what? What was that moment like for that group?
1: Oh mate, that was I, I probably only just you know got over some of that because we we went into that in two thousand, we had a great team we built. So many, you know, aspects of our game, particularly our mental game. Um, going at, going uh, it, going. This is, you know, four years, um, you know, of hard work, of hard grind in terms of that was that was the end goal. You know, we'd won stuff with sort of went to the Lions in two thousand and five. This was all built around two thousand and seven. Um, so that was the end goal. We had a majority of the team that had come back from two thousand and three was selected. Um, this one really hurt, you know, you're, we're, um, I suppose you're a little bit more mature, 20, I was 27, um, possibly not, not another one left in me, um, you know, given the age uh, and where I was at in, in New Zealand rugby, but then just the way we folded. Uh, and, and when we look back, it's always, in hindsight, it's a great thing, um, but we always sort of challenged ourselves to, you know, there, there was many aspects that we challenged ourselves over the years leading up to that, that we that we'd, we'd thought that we nailed. Um, but the old beast when you want to get back out there and play and be part of the you know, part of the semi-final or the quarter-final, that sort of crept up on us. You know, we, we said we're a great team um, and it didn't matter who was out there, but there was a lot of things that we didn't possibly um, tick off or we, we weren't really, um, I suppose, aligned up with in terms of um, sacrifice and things like that. Our game plan, um, we went in there with trying to change things up, probably over, overthought. Um, the past uh, and, and sort of touched on the past too much that we needed this whole new game plan. And so while we're training this whole new game plan for four or five weeks leading into the quarters and the semis or whatever it was, um, you know, that it will come out in the final. Well, there's no use training that sort of stuff if you don't make it because, yeah. you know, we spend all our time doing that um, only to confuse ourselves, the rotation bit. Uh, that possibly for me was really hard to take because, you know, I, you know, you know I, I always wanted to play fullback, but I was sort of stuck in that role of, you know, that they wanted me to be at centre. And they're two very different positions, um, you know, physically and mentally in terms of what you have to do. So, one, it was it was huge with the fact that we lost, but two, I, I took a lot of that sort of burden on because it was kind of like, man, here I was in the big stage. I was I was given this, this centre role, which I, in the back of my mind, if I was really going to be honest, I didn't really want to play there. <laughs> um
0: you know, we've was, had a few yeah. 15s mills who I don't think wanted to play there. I think that's something we've gone through the process of. You know, oh. and, you know, and and I I must admit, like you say, it's it's it it was it almost like we'd we'd overthought every World Cup after say '95. Like we just we, you know we just we got ourselves into this place where if we do what we do good enough and well enough, we'll be world champions again. Um, you know, and saying that, you know. I, I look at 99 and I go, you know, look, 20 minutes of rugby, it can disappear. And, and France <laughs> have done that with so many teams. Um, let's transition this then, though, from what happened in 2007. And you just mentioned it, not knowing whether you'd make 2011. And before we talk about that, in terms of what happened to you in that tournament and the team obviously winning, but were you stretching it out? Were you, Did you feel as though you're stretching it out? The magic number for outside backs of the All Black in some ways is about 28. You don't make it too far past that man, evidence was, is there. Did you feel as though I'm dragging this out right to the end? Because you weren't going to be old, you weren't going to be an old man. Um, and experience counts.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I felt that, and I, I, you know, I had a, a, a pretty um quiet season too. Um, in terms, of, I had an awesome 2010, I came back from injury. It, it spiked me up in terms of how I played in 2010 at 2011 I sort of you know gradually got over a couple of injuries and I was constantly felt like I was on the back foot um and of uh, 31 um, you got a, a young sort of um you know magical player in Israel that's you know nipping at your heels but I probably was stretching it a little bit um and it's certainly going into that tournament you know having I kind of picked up a few other injuries and I was I battled to get the 100 to be totally honest um uh, and in the end you know I um you know went into the quarterfinal with a um a torn pick um and then broke my shoulder so it was if I look back I'm very I'm very grateful that I actually made it to that sort of 100 mark but um, you know certainly it, it makes it a lot sweeter when you're in part of, of an environment that fi- has finally won I was really satisfied like I went into 2011 knowing that in the back of my mind if I wasn't going to get selected all I was and this I mean it's easy to say now but it, it definitely was you know I, I would be happy if I was on the bench or if I wasn't playing as long as we lifted that cup that's all that really mattered B- because it was on the back in of 2007 also the disappointment in 2003 and that's what really happened and so I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that, you know, I've got to be part of it. But also the the magic of holding that cup up was just, you know, something that, um, you know, I, I, I um, was really, really grateful
0: for. Well, you retired during the tournament, right? After the injury had happened in the quarters. Is that the way you'd said, look, that's it, I'm done. Um, and and did it feel like an ending for New Zealand rugby as you're, I'm assuming you've had you had a couple of swigs out of the Web Ellis Trophy? I th- yeah. uh, over the couple of days as we paraded it around New Zealand?
1: Oh, it was a good week, mate, I'll tell you that. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Um, but I was, you know, I had to go to Japan, so I'd already signed up to go to Japan. Uh, I went over there, did three seasons, um, but I still had that sort of competitiveness in me. Like, I didn't really, I wasn't, didn't really expect what I'd gotten in Japan. It wasn't as physical. It was somewhat easier. And so, yeah. and you weren't really selected all the time based on your ability, more because how many foreigners were in the team and how many you're allowed. So, um, I had a bit of competitive edge, and meaning I thought I could come back to New Zealand. And but the game had changed. The game had just changed so much in those two years that I was gone that there was no way I could end up probably, you know, um, you know, I, I, I felt like I was, you know, back in 2011. Where I was constantly chasing and ch- chasing these young guys, and so um, yeah, different different kettle of fish then.
0: So the, the, the overseas club carousel, that's the, 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 the not quite knowing when to hang them up. I'll hang them up in New Zealand, you know, yeah. Japan, Ireland, Italy, a little we Was there a taste of the US, US in there as well? Yeah, I mean, was this just, Right, I want one last tour. I'm such a good tourist. I need to continue this on for as long as I possibly could. And if anyone asked, you were like, "Yep, yeah, I'm up for that.
1: No, well, the US, I got to the stage where I knew, mate. I'm just, I'm just signing just to go on a holiday. Napa Valley was calling, <laughs> and uh, we could go around and live in San Francisco, and you know, have a, um, I suppose it, I think it was six months. Joe and I sort of um, travelled around a bit, and before we came back, and um, you know, settled back in New Zealand. So it was really the end of the career. I, I got, I got sick of it. I got, I got, I was yeah. kind of over it really when I got to, when I was in Italy at the back end of Italy. I was. I mean, the body was okay. I probably could have pushed out another couple, but I was just mentally, I just had enough. I would had enough of following the guy in the same uniform as you on the bus, the meetings, just just that aspect of it. And um, you know, I was ready to come come back home and you know begin the next part of my life. It was just um, you know, I was really excited about life after rugby. I know a lot of guys don't actually know, but I I kind of had a plan, and I and I couldn't wait to um to to do that and it had nothing to do with with rugby but i i sort of set different goals and that's was what was really what i was sort of looking forward to have the have the napa valley and uh holiday and then come yeah. back and yeah have three or four months off before i sort of ripped into it uh,
0: and is that maybe because when you did start and um, yes you were young but there was still that transition there was still at amateur it was professional but not fully professional and so the discussions and the, you know what, I'm ready to move on, and I'm excited about the next part of my life. Was that, like you've just said then, when you know, you know, right? Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I knew, like, you just,
1: I was ready, I was like, I can't even now. I just, no, I, I you know, apart from the odd one or two sort of um, charity games, oh, I've just got no ambition to put my rugby boots on <laughs> other than to kick the ball around No, no ambition.
0: No, no ambition to make a tackle or hit a ruck. That's what you've oh, got no, no ambition no. to do. You, you talked about <laughs> playing touch. I'll go out and have a run around throw a ball around, but I don't <laughs> want anyone running into me and I don't want to run into anybody else. I mean, that's well, pure it, and simply, right? I mean, they, absolutely, uh, and, absolutely. but you have played the odd game and we see that. see it still there, but, like you say, that's that's the thing, right? You just, I don't, I just don't want to do that to myself anymore. I, you talk about this journey though. You you had a plan. So what was it when you've come back life after rugby?
1: Oh, it's, it's crazy, you know, because they, when you're in it, they say, man, the opportunities always come. Guys talk about opportunities that might involve. I, I wanted to be a chiropractor. I came back and I was going to study for four years. Um, so I went into my first year at AUT to get my prereqs. Um, and I had I had no idea what was about to come like it was kind of like that was going to be it I'll start up my own business once i finished sort of studying and um and go into that chiropractic and that was on the back end because you know I, I had some experience in it and in terms of chiropractors fixing me was a player um yeah. so during, my, <laughs> during my first year obviously Sky and Scotty Stevenson said to come on and Um, maybe do you know some shows Um, and I was kind of like you know it was pretty pretty good you had an appearance fee I wasn't getting paid anything I had a a student loan my first student loan ever so I thought I wasn't really into the media scene Um, I said okay I'll give it three shows Um, and I did three shows at the time Um, and then there wasn't really no stop (laughs) Amazing enough, it wasn't really a three shows I think, see you later. I just keep getting, you know, the emails in terms of, you know, here's the, here's the course sheet and things like that. And I kind of went, oh, oh it's pretty good in his life as a student, getting a bit of extra money as well from Sky, which is fantastic. Yeah. And it kind of just, from then on, I, um, you know, I was really fortunate, it was, um, you know, Sky put a contract in front of me, um, something that I never thought would ever happen. Um, and i kind of just went with it i sort of thought, oh, well, i sort of sat back and reevaluated my my goals and sort of what that looked like um, i really enjoyed it i enjoyed um you know talking about rugby um, as much as i thought I, I wouldn't um you know i really enjoyed every now and then you, you you give an opinion i enjoyed sort of saying that um and so yeah came on board um and and, and been here ever since i i've always had a knack of um, getting on the the housing stuff. Um, so my my friend, yeah. a good friend of mine at school, um, he'd always wanted to start his own mortgage uh, advising company. Um, so I kind of jumped on that as well. Uh, we did our um, our papers accreditation at the time while I was doing the sky stuff because I still wanted to, I still wanted to, to do a little bit with my with my brain. So we did yeah. that, and um, at the same time, it sort of just um, it worked out really well. So um, life after rugby is is awesome. I I I work for a, a great great company in, in Sky, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a team also that I contract out to a, a Halo Sport Management and I've also got my own business that we've been running for the last three years which is um, you know it's pretty tough at the time with, with how things are going with COVID but exciting as well so um, and the great thing about it is I'm, you know I'm still involved in, in terms of rugby um, uh, you know with the management side and also um, with Sky but also I've got a, a, a breath of fresh air in, in terms of um, the financial advisory role that, that we have and, and it's just great I've got a really good balance busy um, with the young family but um, I, I just I just um, you know I just absolutely love it these days it's, it's crazy Goldie because these days where you know you know yourself as a rugby player you have a crap game and um, you know you, you come back home and you know you just you beat yourself up but the next day you can go out and fix it you can go out and fix it by having a really good training day or having an awesome game in business you can't <laughs> you can't just That's go out right. there and run and go oh man i've had a great yeah. session because i'm sitting here now it's one or two or three in the clock in the morning and all that stuff is in your head <laughs> it's now in your yeah. head and your email is having to uh, make sure that you, you tick all that off so now you know i sort of had to go around and trying to find a plan about that and so it, there's so many similarities in terms of what I've learned from rugby. They have now transformed trans, um, and or, or transitioned into into business life. And it's so true what they say when you when you're in it in, in an all black environment. It's so true what they say in terms of you know there's similarities between rugby and business. There's similarities there's goals. You know there's goal setting. There's there's leadership um, opportunities. Working with people and being a good person. Um, but also, you know, how do you, how do you reevaluate yourself and some of the skills that I've learned in rugby has really tr- has transitioned me into, into business. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, and, and I'm really sort of, I'm, I'm lucky to have that. Um, and and, ex- and it, it also excites me, which is, um, which is something that's, uh, that's awesome.
0: Everyone's got a post career crew. They've got a crew, you know, you've got a group of players, you know, it's not everybody because when you're in teams. You don't end up, you're mates with everyone, but you're not close mates with everyone. So for you, who is it? Who are the guys that on a regular basis you'll catch up and have a beer with and you'll reminisce and normally you'll probably get up to some of that mischief you were talking about when you were younger? Who are, who are those guys? I've got a fair idea who a couple of them might be, but yeah. you tell me.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, everyone everyone just presumes all your best mates are your rugby friends but all my best mates are my school friends like my mates from Calston and um we we catch up on a regular basis and uh have a good laugh about the good old days because they've, they've, they've been awesome you know there's you know we talk about the times where I've said no to their parties and things so they're my really good friends if we talk about the rugby guys obviously you know Beaver comes to mind because uh he's he's, he's a he's a really good good mate um my time in, in Waikato was has been fantastic so he's he's right up there but almost also you know my, my good friends you know mother is always pretty special it's guys that are still playing um you know with you know, with saya and that but um yeah I think uh you know beaver probably tops the list and if I've, if I've got to think about sort of the the guys that um that I've really sort of uh you know catch up catch up with or try to catch up with uh, on a regular basis and and have a couple of bevies
0: Mate, I've been in light. I've really enjoyed this catch up and chat, you know, because um, like you've been through so much, and to, to have played hundred test matches from the All Blacks, I think is a phenomenal, phenomenal achievement. And the fact, like you say, you have challenged yourself. Mate, we've come a long way from Invercargill, right? Oh,
1: oh mate, here <laughs> we are. It? We'll come a long want. way from Invercargill. Oh, mate, it's a it's a great place, and, and like you say, man. I missed i think you, you turned up at tweedsmuir you're you're you inspired me when I are yeah, at tweedsmuir it was for kiwi sport at that time and i won an award so i was glad i didn't get to meet you there but certainly when um you know in in having i suppose you're going to school there as well then going on to cargo and what you did there like you don't realize that as a kid that you you do influence some you know you have like you have you influence youngsters and um you know when they come from places like imbecargill you know be it small or not you you have that you you have that connection with people down there and Inga came down and and, and visited me um so it was an all black and man um your your expectations of of guys and um that you want to aspire to when you meet them you 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 do have that sort of rub off effect and like you say imbecargill is a great place there's some great human beings down jimmy Cowan always got to remember him you know obviously marshy yeah. he's on he's on the sky team there's some great people down there and, and you're right um it's a hell of a place uh, a great place with a great people
0: absolutely and the great thing about when you go around the country if a Southlander's moved away from southland they're the first to come and introduce themselves as a southlander <laughs> and that's something yeah. i love and we i know well and truly would do the same yes samoa junior Muli Ienia, that's it now. I don't know where Mills is going to come out of. It's not the genuine article. Either get your name changed or we've got to talk about something else or call you something else. Mate, it's always a privilege. Great to catch up. You've obviously got plenty of work in front of you to do. Mate, we'll see you on the breakdown on Monday night. Thanks,
1: Cody. Good on you, mate.